Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, March 7th. Why neighbors of an Oceanside Resource Center want it relocated? More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego police are touting the benefits of smart streetlights to solve crimes during a series of community meetings to get feedback. The San Diego Police Department wants to restart the program after it was shuttered in 2020 after a backlash from community members citing privacy concerns. Police say video evidence from these smart streetlights helps increase conviction rates, reduces violence, and saves investigation time. But a local privacy expert says there are legitimate concerns with these surveillance technologies. The police department is holding more community meetings throughout the week. A Romanian citizen died on Sunday while in U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement custody at the Otay Mesa Detention Center. 50-year-old Christian Dumitascu was arrested on February 22nd near the Otay Mesa port of entry. He was transferred to ICE custody one week later. Information on why he was arrested hasn't been disclosed yet. According to ICE, an autopsy is pending to determine his cause of death. Fire and rescue teams from San Diego are in Big Bear, helping people who've been snowed in for nearly two weeks. Cal Fire San Diego Captain Brent Pasqua says 56 local crew members have been working around the clock, rescuing people trapped in their cars and homes and bringing supplies to those in desperate need. They had to hike in diapers and baby formula and food and water to a family. They couldn't get the roadways cleared to the house, so they actually backpacked in uh, supplies to the family. Pasqua says it's a good reminder for all of us to keep at least five days' worth of supplies in stock for all emergencies. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The Brother Benno Foundation is an organization that tells people When you're not welcome anywhere else, you're welcome here. But right now, Brother Benno's isn't welcome in the industrial park where they are operating. North County reporter Tanya Thorne tells us why. The Brother Benno Foundation has been in Oceanside's industrial park for over 30 years. So over the years, it's evolved into a really comprehensive uh, one-stop shop for basically anybody that could be encountering any type of difficulties in life. Ben Meyer is the essential services manager with Brother Benno's. 
which offers resources Monday through Saturday. Daily around here we serve breakfast to hundreds of unsheltered individuals, low-income, working-class, poor individuals. Um, we deal with hundreds of families who rely on us for their grocery items and for their diapers and hygiene products and um, everything under the sun. We allow people to get their mail here. But some of Brother Benno's neighbors aren't happy with the organization and they've started a petition asking the city of Oceanside to revoke their conditional use permit. That permit lets Brother Benno's operate in the business park as long as their operations aren't detrimental to the public or nearby properties. But the petitioners say they've been dealing with loitering, theft, and substance abuse at the site and that Brother Benno's is not living up to the conditions of the permit. I've watched it escalate for over a decade and it's not fair to us. I don't see a future here. My neighbor doesn't go to the dumpster without a gun on him. I can't have my daughters work here. How is this fairer to me? This is not fair. Dane Hunts owns a business in the industrial park and has seen things like people using dumpsters as toilets. My dumpster is, um, and they, they disinfected it and they cleaned it and the rain has washed a lot out, but it, it was dangerous. I mean, I was concerned about hepatitis. I didn't want to touch it. I'm wearing nitrile gloves anytime I go out there. It's, it's, this is, it's not right. It's, it's just not right. Hans puts part of the blame on Brother Benno's. I'm frustrated with Benno's because I don't feel like compassion fixes, fixes this situation. I feel like it keeps people complacent in their circumstance. And I think that it's prolonged it. Jesse O'Hare also has a business near Brother Benno's. He says he feels torn because he sees families going to the center for food. But he supports the petition because the small number of people causing problems has gone ignored for too long. So if someone's sleeping in front of our door, we're not supposed to wake them up and say, excuse me. We're supposed to wait for the cops to come wake them up. And, and you know, it's just, it's just not right. It's just, you know, it's not a good situation and no one's really doing anything about this, in my opinion. Oceanside police say they have issued 70 citations in the business park. Meyer acknowledges the problems the business owners are reporting, but he says the people causing them are just a handful out of the 5,000 individuals registered at Brother Benno's. It's a very small number of people, incredibly small, um, which would lead most people to say, well, then why can't you manage it? You know, which is a question that we all have. We all wonder, well, what can we do? How do we find somewhere for people to go? These are human beings. Brother Benno's owns their building, and they don't get any financial support from government agencies. Meyer says they're doing the best with what they have, but pushing this problem to somebody else's front yard isn't going to solve the problem. But again, it, it comes back to we signed up to help people. Some people didn't sign up to help people. They signed up to make money, and that's okay. That's fine, but um, and we're, we're, we're going to continue to do our best to help people. But they'll be doing their best with some new limitations. As a result of the petition, Brother Benos is now closing earlier, and they've hired more security to patrol the area. They made those changes just last week. Business owners like Dane Hans say it will be a few weeks before he can say whether things have improved. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. San Diego County paid nearly $4 million recently to settle wrongful discrimination lawsuits by two former deputy public defenders. Investigative reporter Amitha Sharma has more. 
The county paid $900 million to ex-deputy public defender Michelle Reynoso. Reynoso alleged she was fired because of her social justice work during her off hours. The county also won't appeal a $2.6 million jury verdict awarded to former deputy public defender Zach Davina, who is gay. In January, a jury found that the public defender's office failed to prevent discrimination and retaliation against Davina. Lawyer Chris Ludmer represents both Davina and Reynoso. He says he hopes the county handles future lawsuits, if they happen, differently. And where there's real responsibility and real liability, step up, acknowledge that, and resolve these cases as quickly as possible. The county did not respond to an interview request by deadline. Amitha Sharma, KPBS News. Last week, President Biden told congressional Democrats to remind voters of their accomplishments. And yesterday, three San Diego Democrats visited Mesa College to do just that, celebrating $3.4 million for the San Diego Community College District. The money was approved by Congress in December to support several district programs, including one to better serve the district's LGBTQ community. The funding was opposed by several Republican representatives. They called it a part of woke culture. Congresswoman Sarah Jacobs had this response. So let me be clear. If it's woke to make sure that young people in our community have a space to feel like they can be themselves and to advocate for people who often are overlooked and marginalized, I guess I'm woke. There was also funding to support undocumented students and students who have aged out of the foster care system. Coming up, we hear about the life of an ambassador for the San Diego Opera after his death. We'll have that and more just after the break. I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Some local businesses are getting creative to help bring in extra income during difficult economic times. Reporter Jacob Ayer says those with some extra parking space are letting RVs and campers stay on their property overnight to supplement their income. Escondido's Belmarie Winery may draw you in with its castle and rows of citrus trees, but manager Jeff Lazenby says you might also see something rather unexpected overnight campers. We've got uh, you know, any kind of RV under the sun. Uh, anything that people use to camp, 
uh, with, uh, we have them here. His winery is one of roughly a dozen San Diego businesses who are now making extra money by letting RVs stay overnight on their premises through a company called Harvest Hosts. CEO Joel Holland says they've brought together farms, breweries, vineyards, and golf courses across North America to host a limited number of campers overnight, just one night at a time. Um, it doesn't cost anything to stay there as part of our program, but the expectation is you're going to support the local business that you visit. Holland says RV members pay an annual fee of around $100, but businesses can sign up for free and keep all the money they make from overnight campers. Lazenby says the extra customers are helping to offset rising prices. This is people that would never come here. They'd never know about you. Um, their, their customers walking in the door. That's how, how can you lose? Holland says any licensed business can become a host. They just need to have extra parking space. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. For the first time, members of the United Nations have agreed on a plan to protect biodiversity in international waters known as the high seas. SciTech reporter Thomas Fudge spoke with some San Diego oceanographers to find out what the agreement can achieve. Lisa Levin was one of many people who went to New York to create an ocean treaty that UN members could agree on. Levin is a deep-sea biologist and a professor at the Scripps Institution of Oceanography. She says the agreement was 20 years in the making. But it is a huge accomplishment because it now creates a vehicle to conserve and manage 60% of the ocean. She says the treaty could be used to make some parts of the high seas off limits. It basically will allow for the creation of marine protected areas or marine parks where there can be um, potentially no human activities. Overfishing, mining, and low levels of oxygen in the water, the result of climate change, are among the factors that have devastated ocean wildlife. Octavio Aborto, a marine ecologist also at Scripps Oceanography, says 90% of the ocean's large fish and mammals have been lost. Marlins, sharks have been disseminated by these industrial Activities. The U.N. Ocean Biodiversity Treaty still has to be ratified. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. The San Diego Opera announced last week that a beloved colleague, Nicholas Reveles, died of pancreatic cancer. For 20 years, Reveles shared his love for opera with audiences, students, and anyone who would listen as the opera's director of education and community engagement. Crevelas was also a scholar, a musician, and a gifted composer. My colleague Betha Comando knew Crevelas for years and interviewed him on multiple occasions. KPBS's Maureen Cavanaugh spoke with Beth about Crevelas. She first asked Beth what she remembers best about him. I think it's his unbridled enthusiasm and joy. He was like human champagne, just bubbling and effervescent. And he had this boundless passion for opera combined with the knowledge to help make it accessible to anyone. When I first started covering opera, I was so intimidated because I'm basically tone deaf and I only knew opera through Bugs Bunny. But he helped me appreciate it and understand it. And I looked forward to every interview because I knew I would learn something new and that I would get to spend time in his presence. Now, last year, he got to produce what he called his pandemic opera, Aftermath, at San Diego International Fringe. What was that like? 
it was wonderful to see this production, and I'm so glad he got to see that produced as he envisioned it. It started as a horror opera, but transformed into something a little quieter and more contemplative, uh, looking at ideas of who we are and how we connect under like lockdown conditions. But even then, he was contemplating using opera to express horror because he loved to point out that there's a lot of horror in opera. But here's what he told me. I'm a great believer that you can approach anything through opera. <laughs> I, I absolutely believe in the genre. Uh, I think, uh, you know, when you sing things, the, the, the story, the drama is more heightened. It becomes more important. It becomes bigger. And I like that, the bigness of that. I like that the emotions have the space to explode. And his latest opera, Ghosts, will be having its world premiere in April through San Diego Opera. Tell us what it's about. So this is a trilogy of ghost-themed tales that he was so excited about. He'd been thinking about short-form horror operas since 2010 when he did Sextet at Diversionary Theater. And slowly ghosts came together as John De Los Santos came on board as stage director and librettist on one of the operas. And I spoke to him in January while he was in hospice about the upcoming world premiere of Ghosts. I'm so excited. It's also brought back lots of family memories, touching as it does on a little bit of my grandfather's background, my grandfather as an artist, my grandfather being a Zacatecano, my grandfather being interested in the dark as well. So I think all of those things have played into um, the writing of these operas. And I'm just so sad and angry that he never got to see the opera staged. I mean, it's only weeks away. But when I asked him if he knew any of the details about the production this far out, he told me this about speaking with director John De Los Santos. No, I just told him, creepy. I want jump scares. <laughs> I want everything a horror movie would have, except in a slightly larger theater. We're going to be in the Balboa, which is a little large for the property, but um, I think it'll work really, really well. John is a brilliant director. He'll be able to thrust things out a little bit for for the audience, so they'll feel like they're part of the action. Um, I'm not worried about that. I'm concerned for the opera's future because I would really, really like to see it have a future. Beth, I want to thank you for talking about Nick Ravellis and his legacy. His opera Ghosts will run April 14th through the 16th at the Balboa Theater. It will be a world premiere presented by San Diego Opera. And I would like to say that the best tribute we can pay Nick is to come out and see his opera. That was KPBS arts reporter Beth Alcamando speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Cavanaugh. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Tuesday.
KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org.